What's up, you guys? Matt Tebow here, back with the Contractor Marketing Show. And I've got a very special guest with us here today. We got Louis Vandervoek from Blue Crocus Solutions. How's it going, Louis? Awesome, man. Great, grateful to be here. Excited to chat about uh, all the good stuff about websites. Absolutely, man. And great to have you. Um, for those of you who don't know Louis for whatever reason, uh, me and him have been friends for a long time. We actually do a lot of work together. And I'm really excited to have him here on the show. We're going to be talking about uh, what he said, websites, and we're going to be talking about SEO. And I'm personally really excited for this and to have you on here, Lewis, because, you know, like I said, we've been talking for a number of years and you're definitely one of the few guys, I would say, in this industry that has really good integrity, that's really committed to like, hey, I just want to educate people on how all this is done. And I've seen a lot of your results as well. So I think that you guys are in for a real treat here because we're going to be sitting down with someone who really knows their stuff when it comes to websites and SEO and how to make it work for your contracting business. Um, so with that being said, let's jump right into things. So if you guys have been listening to a lot of the content and stuff that I've been putting out, you know that we're focused mostly on Facebook ads, Google ads, the paid side of advertising things. And if you've ever listened to any of our stuff, we always talk about, hey, if you're running ads, run it to a landing page, which is a simple one-page site. Obviously, Lewis here, he's focused on websites. And a lot of time, we're going to have contractors ask us, well, hey, Matt, like, what's more important, my website or a landing page? And so, Lewis, I just wanted to jump right into things with you here. Like, how would you kind of differentiate the two, a website and a landing page? And like, what are their functions? And how is a website different? For sure. Yeah. Great, great uh, intro. Got it. Got a lot to uh, stand up to. And, and I want to mention as well, we're fellow Canadians. So that's a that's a fun that's thing true. that, that uh, bonds us. We we connected through a guy here that I know locally that uh, knew us. So it was a kind of neat thing there. But websites versus landing pages, they're two different tools for two different things. And people often get this confused. They come to us saying, hey, I just want a landing page because my Google Ads guy was telling me or hey, I, you know, my Google Ads guy is telling me to run my ads to the website. Mm. landing pages are for running paid traffic too and websites are for your organic traffic and it's really important to keep them separate in my opinion because they both serve different purposes your website you're going to build out eventually you could have a 100 200 page website with your mm -hmm. all your blog posts that you've got on there all your service pages that you've got on there depending on everything that you do a landing page is laser focused on that one thing that you're running as to that page for it so it comes the the lead comes in they can't go anywhere. They can't navigate to other pages on it. It's just that landing page. You trap them there basically, right? Because mm -hmm. you paid for that lead. You want them to know exactly how to get in touch with you and exactly why they're there, right? So you've got the call button, you've got the form, and it all leads to, hey, call us, reach out to us now, and then you can retarget them off of that landing page. Mm -hmm. A website, if you ran paid traffic to it, they're going to get there and they're going to be, you know, potentially they're going to browse around. You might have an incredible website. Yeah. They could eventually get tired and, and, and you know, go somewhere else, right? Mm -hmm. And then you've lost them. You can still retarget them, but you you don't have them in that room, you know, that landing page that's just specifically you know, kind of shouting at them to say, hey, reach out to us or here's a free offer or something to engage mm -hmm. them to to retain that value. So that I see is the biggest difference. If, if your Google Ads person or your paid ads person is running ads to your website, I would caution that. I think it's way better to run it to a landing page and in the same way you know if, if you're trying to use your landing page as something that you're going to rank you're going to run into issues there too mm -hmm. they serve different purposes both excellent in their own in their own right 100 i'm glad you say that too because it's like a lot of the time 
when we're working with a contractor and they're moving over with us, they're using like a website on Google ads. And we say, Hey, we need to build this landing page for you. And they're like, why I've got a perfect website. I've spent 10 grand on it, blah, blah, blah. I want to use this. And we're like, that's great. And that's an investment for SEO side of things, but we're using your landing page as a sales tool for your um, paid traffic. And that's really important. And like, sometimes it takes some convincing. So I'm glad that you mentioned that. Um, yeah, you don't you don't use a putter for the whole golf course, right? Exactly. Yeah, uh, exactly. Um, so what is the difference then? Obviously, you're an expert in websites. What would you say are some of like the common, I don't know, like common mistakes or like common weaknesses a lot of sites have compared to like what a really good website would have? So what are some of the things maybe that you look for where you're like, hey, we can really improve this site in this area, this area, this area, that a lot of contractors maybe are like, well, hey, man, like, you know, I've got a, a GoDaddy website I've set up. I got some, you know, um, pictures of my work maybe on there and like a little bit of a portfolio. Like, why should they improve certain aspects of their site? Yeah, so there's two things I'll hit. It's funny you mentioned GoDaddy because that was going to be the, the thing that I used as an example. <laughs> there's two things I'm going to hit. One is the usability and when, when a client or potential person hits your website, you want it to be really low friction for them to get in touch with you, right? Mm -hmm. So you want to capture those leads when they land there. You want it to be very easy for them to, to get in touch with you. And then the other aspect is, you know, long-term, you want your website to be set up for SEO, mm -hmm. right? So you want it to be a good foundation. Your website, there's so many website builders out there that can make a website look fantastic, but there's some that are better than others for the long-term SEO, just the way that the foundation is built and the way that Google reads into the code and the way that they structure it. WordPress and Duda are my top two favorite. Mm -hmm. WordPress, you can build super custom, really steep learning curve. Duda is, is often very easy. We build a lot of sites on Duda for clients because then they can jump in and they can make edits mm, themselves, nice. but they're both really good for SEO. So when we're looking at a website, I was going to use a GoDaddy website because a lot of the sites that we audit, someone's like, hey, I've got this site. What would you improve? And it's often GoDaddy that jumps out right away because it's just a giant picture of their truck or something. And then it's not really obvious how to get in touch with them. It might say contact yeah. us, but then it goes way to the bottom of the page to the quote yeah. form or the, the call button is not clickable. You want it to be really easy. Clickable call buttons, yeah. easy, easily accessible quote form. Um, a chat widget in the bottom, you know, if you if you have that uh, capability to do that, but you want it really easy for them to get in touch. And then when they scroll just down below the hero section, which is what you see, you know, on your screen when you first log into a website, you want it to be obvious to them what it is that you do and, you know, why they should stick around, you know, what separates you from the competition, what's in it for them. Yeah. A lot of people talk about what's in it for the contractor, you know, we're the best here and we're, you know, trying to get in all these outdated SEO keywords, right? We're the best in this area, but really a customer wants to see, okay, well, are you going to answer your phone? Are you going to come out when, you know, when we scheduled to have other people found you useful, you know, are there bad reviews? They're going to kind of go around because they're almost every service industry. It's a big investment. Yeah. Yes, yeah. it's going to save them time and it's going to get the job done right, but it's a big investment. They want to make sure that it's done right. So those are those are a couple of the things that stand out on a lot of the sites that we audit that it's like, hey, you got to get this fixed, make it easier for them to get in touch with you and then tell them what's in it for them. Yeah, I'm so glad that you said like making it easy to get in touch because sometimes we'll look at a contractor's site and I don't know if it's like a trend or maybe they heard it from someone, but a lot of contractors, what they'll do is they'll choke their pipeline by putting up a lot of restrictions 
in their contact form where they'll say like, Hey, what's your name? What's your number? What's your address? Can you attach a picture of like the work? Can you do this? Can you do that? And they're asking all these questions and then they come to us and they say like, Hey man, I'm just wondering like, how can I get more leads coming in through my website? I'm like, well, dude, first off, you're putting up this huge barrier to everyone. Like if you aren't absolutely flooded with leads, then don't be putting up barriers like that. And for some of them, they're like, wow, I've, I've never heard that before. Okay. And like, they'll do it and they'll be like, well, leads are coming through. It's like, yeah, because you're not asking a bajillion questions, right? Yeah. So There's something that I heard. I, I forget the stat, but every um, form or every element that you put on your form, like, hey, I want your name and email address. And then you start adding more things. You lose a percentage of the traffic every time Absolutely. you add an additional box. People are inherently... I don't like the word lazy, but people are inherently looking for the path of least resistance. And if you yeah. add a bunch of resistance in there, then they're just going to go find somewhere else. So if you can get the lead through, like Matt said, if you're completely booked up, either put it on your site, hey, I'm booked up till whatever point, or just make it easy for them to get in touch with you. And then you do the legwork on the back end to give them a quick call, find out if they're an ideal customer. And then you can get all that information or you have you get them on the phone and then you have a page on your website with a little bit more complete form once mm -hmm. you say, okay, sweet. You know, Joe... You're a great candidate for a roof or whatever here. I'm going to shoot you over an email with a, with a bigger form for you to fill out so we can really get into your pain points and then we'll come out and do a quote sort of thing. Mm -hmm. But you want to, you want to get their contact info because then you can remarket to them. You can, you know, call them and text them till they die sort of thing. Love it. Yeah. So as a website developer, I'm sure that you've heard, especially with a lot of contractors, like website developer nightmare stories. I can't tell you like how many times, you know, I'm on the phone with a contractor and they're telling me like, oh man, like I paid this much money for like a website and then like now they're not even letting me have it anymore. Or um, yeah, you know, I spent this much money for a website, but like now I can't even contact them anymore. I can't hear back from them, blah, blah, blah. Communication's terrible. So I'm just curious from you, maybe some contractors listening to this right now are thinking like, yeah, I really want to get my website to the next level. I want to do this. I want to do that. What are some like red flags they should look out for or things that they should um, you know, maybe stress test when they're talking to uh, a website developer like yourself? Like, what are, what are some things they should look out for to protect their investment, make sure they're making the right decision? This is really important. Two things uh, I'm going to talk about. I'm going to talk about your domain and your website and your ownership of it. And if you have to mm -hmm. pull over because you're listening to this and like call up your agency and make, you know, ask them what I'm about to say, turn this off and write it down. You know, this is really important. You need to do this today and find this out because otherwise you could be in a world of hurt down the road. So first mm. we're going to start with your domain. Make sure you own your domain. Mm -hmm. I have talked to three or four of this, people at this point who have jumped in with one of the really large agencies that just pump out, you know, run of the mill sites. And they're, as they were getting onboarded, they bought a website and they were like, oh, we need a, you need a domain and we can buy it for you. So the agency bought the domain for them, hooked up their website. And then when they went to move over to work with us, it, it was all, you know, people who were looking to come work with us, they didn't own their domain. And that's the whole root of all your marketing efforts when it comes to your website. The age of your domain plays into your SEO. It's mm. probably on all your business cards. It's on your trucks. That domain is kind of the hub for all of this to happen, right? They had to pay $2,000 to get their domain. Oh, back. shoot. A domain should be like $10 a year right? Unless you're getting a really <laughs> custom domain. So make sure you own your domain. I have bought at the beginning, I bought a couple domains for people. But then I transferred them over to them. Now I say, hey, if you want to get a domain, you buy it, you need to know how to control it, then give us access to it to connect the website. Mm. But this is like your most valuable asset. And it shouldn't be very expensive, but it comes real expensive if you need to extract that from someone else. 
Wow. Yeah, I mean, it's like sometimes we'll buy domains for clients who just have no idea and they don't have a website or whatever. But like if they were to ever come back to us and say, hey, like, can I have this domain or do I can I transfer it over? It's like, of course we would. It's yeah. kind of weird. Why Should would you want to end the or whatever, right? <laughs> Why would you want to end the relationship that way? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And what do you have to gain by keeping that? So so same with yeah. websites. Like a website is a bigger investment up front. The domain, I think, is the hub and one of the mm. most important parts of it. Websites tend to be a bigger investment, right? Just talking to a guy this week, he's coming over to us for SEO. And this this is a story that I've heard tens of times um, over the course of, of my experience in marketing is someone goes to move their website from an agency and finds out that they don't actually own the website. They've been paying monthly for mm. it. They've paid a, a massive amount up front and are paying monthly for it still. Oftentimes it's like ten to $20,000 they put into the website at that point. Shoot. They go to move it over and they find out they don't actually own it. Going through this right now, like I said, with a guy, this we're we're kind of working through what the what the best route is going to be. We're probably just going to have to rebuild a, his site at this point. But he thought mm -hmm. he had he owned it. He was like ninety nine percent sure, and he went to to get it. And they're like, "Yeah, you can have your pictures and content off of it, but we're keeping the website." That's another one of those things where it's like, "What's in it for them?" Like, what is in it for them? They're going to keep this mm -hmm. website, and it's like, mm -hmm. I was like, "Well, can you pay them anything? Like, can you even buy it out? Like, like a cancellation or something?" Yeah. And they're just like, no. Um, and, and that's domains and websites. Like we build websites all the time for people. We host it. So technically we we're managing it. We have it in our control, mm -hmm. but it's your website. As soon as you've paid it off, it's your website. Same as like, if I bought a bathroom remodel, what's the contractor going to do? Come in and do the bathroom remodel and then take the toilet when he leaves. I think I've like, seen a video of that before. <laughs> I'm trying to get back. Yeah. Right. And and it's just it just doesn't make sense. We're caretakers, um, but we're not the owners of your property when you mm -hmm. when you build a website for us. We own it until you pay for it. Like if someone does a payment plan, of course. Mm -hmm. Once it's paid off, you own it. You can do whatever you want with it. We give you access to it. Um, we offer maintenance plans and stuff. But if you want to move, we're going to help you pack your bags and put a, a you know red bow on it and and make that as as fun as possible for you. Love it. Love it. So we've been throwing around this term SEO a little bit here, and we kind of like assume that people listening to this actually know what that is. Uh, and a lot of times I get a contractor be like, what, dude, like I'm hearing about this thing called SEO. What is it? And what it is, is it's something called search engine optimization. So Lewis, could you just give like a really brief high level you know, two minute spiel of like what SEO is first and like, why is it important for people who might not know? Yeah, it's basically just magical fairy dust, Matt. Yeah, you just, you just gotta <laughs> I mean, that's kind of what it sounds like, right? You, you just got to pay me a ton of money every month and it's all magical secrets. No, it's not rocket science. What, what SEO is, search engine optimization, is ultimately telling Google what you do and where you do it in as many different ways and as many different places and as clearly and concisely and consistently across the internet. We do SEO on websites predominantly, but there's YouTube SEO. You can, you can optimize your Facebook page so it ranks in the search mm -hmm. engines. You can optimize your LinkedIn page, your Yelp page, your, um, you can even optimize your Angie's list listing so that it shows up higher in the, in the search results. And basically mm -hmm. what you're doing is you're telling Google what you do, where you do it, how you do it, who you do it for. Because let's take your website, for example, you you put a website out there, Google doesn't know from the millions of other websites out there where that website is until you tell it or, or yeah. what it's about until you tell it. So there's a there's lots of technical stuff you can do to optimize the back end of the website, you can find tutorials that will keep it kind of high level here. But 
you know, an actionable way to help your Google business listing. Let's say you're getting a ton of reviews, which you should be. I know Matt talks a lot about this. Get the reviews and then two things that can help you take those reviews and, and use them even more for SEO is respond immediately. That shows that you're engaged with the clients you care about them. That's a big factor for Google. And then respond in the response, you're going to talk about what you did and where you did it. So, mm. hey, Mrs. Smith, it was absolutely phenomenal to, you know, come out and do your bathroom remodel or do your tiling job or your junk removal job in XYZ location. Mm -hmm. Really appreciate you having us out, pumped to work with you, you know, on the, on further remodeling or whatever, mm -hmm. right? So you talked about what you did and where you did it. You were personable in your reply. You were quick to, to reply and Google sees all that. Mm -hmm. Messaging. Uh, on the Google business listing. If you get a message, you've got to get on that immediately because the speed hmm. at which you respond, um, eventually, if you don't respond quickly enough, it'll turn off your messaging. You won't have that feature oh, available anymore, but it can help you It can help you rank higher. And then on your website, if you can look at what other competitors are doing and then think about, you know, they're here. I'm holding my hand up to a certain level on the screen if this is an audio version, but then you want to be ranking above them, right? So what can you do to tell Google more about what you do and where you do it. So take a look at what your competitors are doing and then talk about what you do in more detail and provide more value for the clients that are looking. Mm. Use numbers, use the number of jobs you've completed, you know, use the different areas that you've completed those jobs. Talk about, you know, X number of happy customers, use reviews, get videos of client reviews, get videos of you talking about that different service. You can rank your videos on YouTube, you can embed them on your website. Yeah. There's a lot of different things you can do. And, you know, we're not going to get into a super technical breakdown here, but ultimately it's making it really clear and obvious to Google what you do, where you do it and who you serve. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard clients in the past refer to it as like just speaking Google, basically. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, right. Because Google's selfish. Yeah. Google wants people to stay on their search engine. So if they're going to look for the best result for whoever's looking. Mm. So if you're looking for a red bike, it's not going to serve you up red tomatoes. It's going to serve you up the best red bikes. Mm -hmm. right? If you're if you're looking for, you know, the best remodeler near me, it's in Google's best interest to find the person that best matches that result. Right. But otherwise, you're going to go over to Yahoo or you're going to start using Bing. Like if, if you're using ChatGPT and it starts spitting out really ridiculous things, you're just going to stop using it. Yeah. Right. So yeah. it's in Google's best interest to serve out the best results. And so you're ultimately helping Google to do that. Yeah, makes sense. Um, a question we'll get a lot from contractors, especially if they're like starting a new business or something like that, is they'll be like, Matt, like, should I start off with ads or should I start off with getting like, you know, all the bells and whistles on a website? Should I do SEO? Where should I kind of start with things? And I want to get your perspective on, on that. It comes down to timing. That's such a good question. We get that question all the time. It comes down to timing and the tool for the situation at hand. Mm -hmm. you need leads right now or are you going to die like you have a you have a small amount saved up for some sort of marketing but you need leads right now or are you at the point where leads are coming in well but you want to grow for that long term mm -hmm. google ads is the right now solution and it can help you grow long term as well seo is the investment vehicle yeah you're not going to see results right away with seo hopefully you're going to see it before six months if you're working with someone that's doing a good job yeah if you're not, if you're not seeing results, you know, with any local service business, if you're not seeing results before six months, you should probably start getting concerned, but it's not an immediate thing. You're not going to see your return on investment for the first three to six months. Yeah. Google ads, you know, within the first month, you should be seeing your return on investment. Yeah. 
go into a little bit of that like um, mindset that contractors need to have because I think for a lot of them maybe it can be like I know people we get people come to us and they like want us to set up a campaign in like a week it's like bro we're going to take a little bit of time and do our due diligence here to make sure that this is going to be a success is that something that um, you'll run into where you have to manage expectations in terms of timeline and then um, what would you kind of say to a contractor who is looking to invest in SEO in terms of like timeline expectation? Like, how do you manage that? I'm just, I'm just curious. It's an interesting one because we don't have, you know, we all want that dopamine when we jump in. Yeah. Of, hey man, Lewis is incredible. He got me a 30,000 job, you know, the second day I was with him. Right. <laughs> it's an investment. You're not going to see an immediate yeah. return from investing in SEO. You, you need to set up expectations for the client we need to set up expectations of hey this is what we're going to be doing this is what it's going to lead to in the yeah. long run this is what you should be expecting in three months in six months and we're going to keep you up to speed on the things that we're doing you're not going to receive the re the results so so let's say we're building content for the website yeah. we're we're writing that info that makes you unique and, and builds that trust with google you're going to start seeing keywords really start to move in three months and then it might turn into more leads in about six months mm -hmm. so it's just setting those expectations and, and letting clients know that hey we're actually working on this we're not just at the beach you know fiddling around with our software we're actually putting in active work here's the work that we've done here's when you can sort of start to expect it and we try and track that so that yeah. they can see that but it's it's a it's a lot of expectation setting for sure yeah and to me, it's like, it's like investing in an employee, right? Maybe like their first couple months, you're not going to see the full return because you're investing a lot of time into that. Maybe they need to like adjust and learn or whatever. But then it's like, you know, I remember hearing a very successful contractor say like, you shouldn't be really assessing the full return on investment from an employee until after six months. Mm -hmm. So it sounds kind of like a little bit similar there where it's like, you're putting everything in place. You're putting in all of these like little, you know, um, steps to bring it to the next level. And then finally, after six months there, it's like, wow, we've really made a lot of headway here. And now you're not paying for leads through this avenue and you can just be organically ranked there, which is really, really cool. So um, thanks for sharing, man. So um, last question for you, I guess what I would kind of I just I'm just curious about is like, what general good advice would you give a contractor? about their website and their seo of just like high level advice that maybe you could just leave someone with if maybe someone listened to all of this and they're like you know this was all like really good information blah blah, blah. i'm just not really sure of like anything here what's kind of the last thing that you might leave a contractor with just to kind of percolate on we didn't really talk about this but google search engines are changing mm -hmm. changing to ultimately help google serve the searchers better you may have heard of search generative experience, right? And how that's rolling out with the AI um, development that Google's doing, right? Yeah. I believe one of the best ways you can stand out with unique content that you've created is going to be video. Mm. You can use it as a sales tool on your website. You can embed. So each service page that you have, let's say it's yeah. bathrooms or tiling or estate cleanouts. On that service page, you have you, it could be just you in your office. It could be you on a job. It could be you at the team, but just say, Hey, you know, this is Mike with XYZ X tiers. This is what we do when we come to your house. This is why we do the things we do. This is how we do it. Like, and a... you know, drop a comment, you know, <laughs> drop a comment below, drop a comment below if you're on YouTube, but you know, hit us up on the phone. 
or drop a, a uh, quote request and we'll get in touch with you and see if we're a good fit for you. It's a sales tool and it's content you can use that Google reads. Google reads all the transcripts of all the videos out there and it allows you to create content that no one else is doing and really stand apart and, and use it as a sales tool too. So video is something that I think people should be paying attention to and diving into and getting uncomfortable on because everybody's uncomfortable on video at first. If you're not, you're kind of a robot. <laughs> I'm still uncomfortable on video sometimes, <laughs> but it's it's been such a driving force for us and for our clients yeah. that do it. You've got to be doing it. Awesome advice, man. So um, for everyone listening here, if they want to get in touch with you and just learn a little bit more about what you do, um, I also follow your content. Content. Maybe they want to follow your content. Where's the best place for them to follow you and how can they get in touch with you guys? Yeah, I'm the most active on Facebook. So Lewis Vandervalk on Facebook. And then our website is bluecrocus.com or .ca. We have both domains now. Awesome. Cool. I'll drop the links in the description below for you guys. Lewis, my man, thank you for being on the show today. And uh, guys, thanks a lot for listening. Appreciate it.